Perfect. So hi, everyone. My name is Laura Walsh. Um, I'm completing my nursing bachelor's at McGill University, and this series of podcasts are part of our community-based nursing project. Our first participant that we've been we chosen for our podcast is Paul Dubé. To begin, Paul, would you be able to introduce yourself to our listeners? Hi, good morning. My pleasure. So my name is Paul Dubé. Um, I'm a cancer survivor uh, dating back to 2016. It was a stage four throat cancer. I'm presently back at work and uh, work full time. And I also do a lot of uh, volunteer for both Hope and Cope and MADA. So I try and keep busy uh, within the cancer community. Oh, wow. I didn't realize that you were also a volunteer at Hope and Cope. So you're going to be a good yes. asset for this interview. <laughs> um, so I'll just explain to our listeners uh, what our podcast is about. So we want to thank you also for, for volunteering to be a participant in our podcast. Um, so like I mentioned, it's our, this is the part one of our podcast series, and we're going to be making the podcast available through Spotify. Uh, we send out a survey to the participants of Hope and Cope to assess their needs and interests and what we can offer as students from McGill to the community. And the results from our survey showed that the participants were looking for more community connections and they wanted us to discuss more about stress and coping mechanisms. We wanted to host a pod podcast uh, to help reach the Hope and Cope community and to allow the individuals to connect through others' journeys and to also strengthen the, the relationship with the community. So just to start off with the, with our questions, um, so to break the ice, we wanted to give you a word and we wanted you to reply with the first thing that comes to mind with this word. So it's very <laughs> open. No, no problem. So when, for example, when I think of groceries, I think of expensive. So I'm going to give you the word that you can reply back to. So for Hope and Cope, what do you think of? Home. Home. Very nice. And when you think of stress, what comes to your mind? Dealing. Dealing. And when it comes to family? Important. For sure. And to meditation, what, what do you think of? New. Oh, new to you. Okay. Yes. And what about journaling? Um, not familiar. Not familiar. And exercise. Oh, super important. Super important. And are these the words that I listed here, like uh, for meditation, was that something new that you that you integrated into like dealing dealing with your stage four cancer at the time or no you know what not not at the time um I kind of went through the went through the journey did what I had to do recovered okay. and after I got my five years of I'm now clean it seems like everybody that has had cancer wants to change their life around um once you've gone through that you want to do things differently we want to live longer and it's uh, unfortunate that we need to to have that in order to realize what we need to do but to get back to your question, I think I started meditating um, through myself, through YouTube, and yeah. uh, found it extremely, extremely important to deal with stress, anxiety, to take time for yourself. Uh, I try and do it twice a day, 20 minutes in the morning, maybe another 20 minutes at night, along with some exercise, which you mentioned earlier. Mm -hmm. uh, nothing strenuous, just flexibility more focused on myself and, and how, how to deal with it. I Looking back at it, I should have did it much earlier in my journey, but better late than never. Yeah. And like you said, I, I, a lot of people that we've encountered, like even for myself as a student of cancer survivors, always mention that, that they always want to change their life around. 
and they adopt like new new things in their life, such as exercise, stress, uh, coping mechanisms. So it's, it's really nice to hear that you were able to find find yourself also in that journey. Yes. Um, so thank you for answering that set of questions. So it brings me back to what is your favorite pastime? So what do you like to do on your time off? You know what? We I've been working for 50 years in the same business. So time time off is 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 um is something that I cherish. I do a lot of walking. I have a dog. And so her and I do a, a lot of walking. I do the exercise, I do the meditation. I like to travel a little bit. And that's how I try and deal with stress um, and leave my phone alone. The phone um, can re be very stressful. I, like I mentioned earlier, um, I do a full-time job, which keeps me busy uh, five, six days a week. So to, to and, and also um, let's not forget that uh, being a volunteer and going back into the cancer world and helping others is tremendous. It's tremendous. I mean, you can't, you don't hit home runs every time, but I was talking to one patient yesterday and she texted me saying, you know what? Thank you so much for calling you. The, the timing was right. So to get back and to give back, I spent a lot of time doing that. Very important, I think. Of course. I, I really do cherish that. I, I, I can only imagine how much that impacts people's lives and also put yourself back, back into the Hope and Cope community. Also, when you were first diagnosed, I'm sure I'm sure it was a, a bit of like a a hard time for for you to also accept that. So I really do, I, I do appreciate you sharing that. Um, and also, how were you introduced with Hope and Cope? We didn't really talk about that when you were first uh, diagnosed. When um, when I got diagnosed, I um, I really there was I think there may there may have been some pamphlets about Hope and Cope at the the, the Jewish General Hospital. But it was only after that I um, don't forget this was pre-pandemic, so it was 2016. There was no such thing as COVID, um, so I came home and and I, I I dealt with what I had to deal with, and I reached out to the Canadian Cancer Society, and I did I did some um, some formation with them, and then they closed, just prior to pandemic they they closed their volunteer section. So then I, I looked around and I hooked up with uh, Marcel at Hope and Cope. And I started going to meetings just as everybody should be doing. I so highly recommend it. Just going to a general meeting, you got to start somewhere. So I started with a general meeting where there might have been 10 or 15 of us and everybody had different types of cancer and everybody was at a different stage in their journey. And you actually get to listen. You don't have to talk. You can just listen like a sponge. And, 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 and you get to listen to other people who are either had, have, or, or are going through the same issues that you are. And it was, as much as family is so important and friends and coworkers and name them all, it's not until you get back into the cancer world, like at Hope and Cope, that you feel a little bit more understood. The conversation it flows because you're two people or more than two people that are talking about the same thing. So I got to Hope and Cope. And then from there, I graduated with uh, Marcel to uh, leading the men's club, which was very hard, which was very hard during the pandemic because we were doing it as we're doing now. It's effective. And I would say that it's better than nothing. But you miss uh, the face to face. You miss the touching on the shoulder. You miss you know, a, a hug maybe now now and again. So we we 
since the summer, we've gone back to live meetings, wearing masks, and we see a difference. And these people that come to these meetings, they need us. They, they need to be in that environment to discuss what's going on with them. So. Yeah. And, and to push back on that, when I was, when we met Marcel, that was one of the main things that she had brought up. The fact that with the pandemic and with COVID, they weren't having these people, the participants be able to come in person anymore. So people were either afraid or that was like one of the needs that she brought up. So she wanted us to touch base and maybe bring people back into the uh, Hope and Cope community. Um, so the fact that you experienced it before versus now, I'm sure you, you do see a, a big difference. And like you said, it really did support you during your throughout your journey. So I'm hoping that we can reach the listeners that are, are listening and maybe you got diagnosed during the pandemic um, and maybe hear your story to, to hopefully find it in them to even attend one meeting or, or be part of the community that way. Um, I think that's that's super important. Um, and do you, can you, I know you kind of, you touched base on, uh, on the fact that they supported you through your journey, but do you remember like one situation or someone that you, you met besides Marcel, or I know you mentioned other cancer survivors that really made an impact for you? Sorry. Oh, no problem. You know what? I, um, I, I got to meet people that were had seniority at the men's club. I got to meet people that had the same type of cancer, which isn't always the case because when you go to these meetings, it could be a general general uh, cancer meeting. And, and I got to meet people that were um, in a much worse situation than I was. We always we always assume that you know we're all put in the same bucket of cancer. But there's so many different levels of cancer and there's so many different levels of the way people uh, react to it through the treatments and, and, the, and the moral support. Doing the treatments is easy, but it's the moral support. And, and that's why the Jewish general is so wonderful. But these people need help dealing with their problems. So that's how I got involved. I mean, I, I saw people there that I looked up to and I still look up to today. And that's why I'm, I'm a big believer in the hope and cope. People need to go there. They need to find a center, a resource for dialogue and conversation. And, and, and this is the best place to go. Thank you, Paul. And, and based on like my, just my experience, just test face, I've, I've been a volunteer on the oncology world at the, uh, at the Jewish general. I've, i used to, this was pre-pandemic too, and I used to hear the stories of, of different individuals that have been to Hope and Cope, and even from back then to now, and just being a student involved in a community-based project with Hope and Cope, I, I can definitely see how this organization impacts people across Montreal, uh, and I do I do think it's crucial in, uh, in their, their trajectory with their uh, cancer uh, diagnosis, remission, whatever it be. Um, and I just wanted to ask you one, one other thing in regards to your journey with Hope and Cope or, or just through cancer. What's one thing that you learned about yourself? Resilience. Um, you, you will never be what you were. So resilience is one, one word. Uh, symptom management um, is another important word. You know, I think the, the, you're, given, you're given guidelines 
on on how to cope with this and but there's no specific book per cancer per per individual so by again by talking to people you get to discover stuff um for me i was uh unfortunately uh i've lost my sense of smell and taste permanently so i deal with it on a daily basis where you know some cancer victims may have scars physical scars so i've 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 just learned to continue fighting and help others continue fighting it's a it's a tough journey and sometimes when you're looking at it at the early stages it looks long and far and there's no light at the end of the tunnel but there is and if you follow the medical side and if you if you keep yourself mentally sharp and stay positive you'll get through this some people need help some people have help but through it all you just need to stay strong and and every once in a while you need to talk to somebody because what you're feeling your family members may understand that you're feeling but other people will understand it even greater and and be able to maybe explain it a little bit that's that's what i that's my take on it yeah definitely and i i can't believe having to deal with that on a regular basis having lost your smell and taste so that's a struggle that you have to go through daily um and the fact that you find so much positivity throughout your the day and through your journey is really is really remarkable um, I think all the listeners are gonna are really gonna appreciate you coming onto this podcast and sharing your story. Um, I'm I'm very I feel very thankful to be speaking with you today. Um, My pleasure. I wanted to also see with you. Um, so I know maybe now, or it could go date back to when you were first diagnosed, or just in general. How stressed were you on a daily basis? Um, is your stress decreased now that that you're in rem- remission? You went through the the treatments or is your stress level the same? I find uh, I find your stress level kind of it doesn't necessarily remain the same, but my experience talking to others is that we're still even even when you're in the clear after your five years of being in the clear, you still have that uh, what if. So someone someone normal even at sixty four years old will not be concerned that they have a little lump near their ear. I do, because I'm thinking, what's that? Is something back? Is it going to happen? My stress level at the beginning was very little. I think it was, um, could have been attributed to maybe shock. No one in my family ever had cancer. Nobody I knew had cancer. It was the neighbor. It was a guy on TV. It was in the news. But so I think a little bit of shock um, was first. And, and I was I was so blessed to have my better my better half just look at me and say, you know what? I will take care of the little stuff. You take care of yourself. So I was very fortunate to be in that position. So my stress level, I was more stressed watching the watching my um, my uh, my my better half's uh, nephew cutting a lawn, and I couldn't go out there and do it. That was my stress level. I stopped working. So the stress level was very minimal. I was surrounded with 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 a very good team. But the stress level continues because, you know, you go for checkups, you hope that they don't find anything, you hope the news is positive, and you keep going and you keep going until you finally hit that five years. And, and like I said, even at that, 
you know, it's there's no guarantee. Um, we win the round, but we don't win the fight. So we just keep plugging away and, and doing the best we can. So it's essentially an everyday fight and it's a on a weekly, monthly basis of you always having that fear of it coming back, of course. Um, and so you remain positive. You you went back to work, like you mentioned. So you're back at work and you're you're living a beautiful and, and regular life, but you just always have that in the back of your mind, of course. Um, and does you you back integrated into work, it, does that help you in any way? Uh, keep your mind occupied? Absolutely. Uh, Absolutely. I mean, it's not everybody that may be fortunate enough to be able to go back to work, but I, I would highly suggest it. it. It sort of keeps your mind away from what's going on and, and, and it gives you a dis. I don't like the word, but a distraction. So it lets you do something. Some people, once they've dealt with cancer, maybe don't want to go back and just want to keep going forward. In my case, I decided to take a few steps back and do some 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 volunteering, do do some help with people. And um, so I relive it quite often during the week through the lives of others who are just starting their journey. But these people need need. I'm not just saying they, they need volunteers, they need people to help them through this journey. And um, the Hope and Cope does a fantastic job with that. Both uh, Marcel and Hinda do a wonderful job in pairing up people. But going back to work for me was very important to maintain my mental sanity, to say the least. Yeah, of course. Because you're, you're not only dealing with the physical symptoms, but you also have to keep your mind occupied. You have to keep your mental state in a good place by exercising by keeping up with the life that you lived before before this as well so I mean that's amazing I'm really I'm really happy that you were able to go back to work I really do think that it for sure played a part in your journey um, and when when uh, you were dealing with the with the stress besides being back at work were there other techniques uh, I know you mentioned exercise before um, and you just started meditation was that also something that you integrated in your daily life when you were off of work and dealing with the stress of your of the health concerns that you were having no you know what uh, I let the medical system work its work its way um I didn't I didn't catch on to meditation until later I didn't catch on to exercise you know you go through a period where you just need to worry focus on about yourself and you let everything go and then I found that uh you know, like I said earlier, having a dog and being able to go outside and, and getting into some sort of routine to look after your body, because your body goes through quite a bit um, during all these treatments, be it chemo or radiation. So you need to refocus, you need to get back in line. And, and that helped me greatly. I mean, exercise, meditation, uh, just getting outside a little bit, you know, the pandemic, overall, some of us had to work from home and it's not always like, it's always, it's not always good to work from home. So you need to get out a little bit, you know, you need to go see people and stuff. So that helped me cope greatly. And, you know, you can do it medically, you can cope medically through pills, but it's often addictive. And so you don't want to try and do that. You want to try and <clears throat> look at other means. And whatever it takes, whether it's a, you know, I'm not a big reader, but reading books, we, we have one fellow in our, in our uh, men's club, he walks, he walks like two, three hours a day. 
the 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 guy is walking everywhere. So that's how he spends it. You can we have other people who volunteer at soup kitchens. So if you're not able to to go and work, you try and keep yourself busy. It's a whole idea of keeping busy because if not, sitting at home watching the paint dry will not help you mentally. You just keep, you know, you just keep rehashing everything that's gone through. So that's what that's for me was a big help. Thank you very much. And, and that brings us back to what we're also doing for this project. We're trying to do workshops online and in person to try and get um, some of the participants to, to join us. And we want to use uh, meditation. We want to use journaling, music therapy as ways to maybe introduce this to people um, to, to manage their stress. So some some people, like you mentioned before, you never journaled before. Uh, so we're hoping that we're going to be able to reach some of the participants at Hope and Cope and help them um, by introducing these new techniques. So I, I do think that exercise and all that is very important. And um, we're hoping that this project is going to also uh, give people some of the tools to manage, better manage their stress. Um, and just to touch back on the pandemic, I didn't want to make it too much about COVID, but for you and for your journey, did that impact you? Were you afraid of, of catching uh, COVID during that time? Um, I guess you were in remission at that point or? On a little bit, a little bit. I, I, wanted, I wanted to just go back to... to journalism no not journalism journalism you know my uh, my wife uh, made a uh, blog every day and the book is somewhere in the house I really uh, I'm not ready to quite read it just yet but I think that helped her uh, to cope with my situation so I, I truly believe that you're you're on the right path with that just not not sure you know who who's more benefit in my case my my wife was better benefit than that and um what i what i found about the um the the, the, the pandemic uh i just followed the boosters i just followed the way it was yes you're right um you know we we did have some men club meeting but it's it just it just wasn't the same the one thing that covid did bring out on my personal side was it brought out conversation in regards to smell and taste because all of a sudden uh, covid people who were suffering with COVID or who had COVID all of a sudden discovered that they had lost their sense of smell and taste. So it went from not being anywhere or being very little, very little discussed on Google to being, you know, now right at the top and what's happening with all the people. So it was good. It was good. It created a conversation. It created some, some awareness to my problem, which is directly related to cancer. But you know, I, I tried to do like everybody else, um, you know, wear the mask. I, I'm, I'm all um, I'm all boosted up. We just came back from traveling. I mean, I don't try and let it stop me. I, 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 I did what I had to do during COVID. For sure. And like you said, I think it's really important for people to be able to also speak about the long term effects that they're they're living with on a daily basis, because it raises awareness just because you went through treatment doesn't mean that. There's not no aftermath and there it's a daily struggle I, that you have to accept and also live with as well. And I find a lot of us do, Lauren, a, a lot of us, you know, it's uh, it could be uh, physical, it could be mental. Um, and that's why we go back to this whole conversation about needing, needing people, needing an area, needing somewhere to be able to discuss this uh, other than with with friends and family who are very sympathetic 
but we need people that have gone through this to to really understand what we're going through and 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 have questions that may need to be answered yeah and i think that's what brought back to also the fact that we wanted to work on the strengthening of the community maybe along the way with covid and the pandemic or people getting diagnosed during a difficult time it, it broke that community a bit so we're trying to help rebuild it in some way so I'm really hoping that with these podcast series and the fact that we're introducing you and your volunteer and it's people that have possibly even met you already it's going to help with that as well and uh, to go back on on your wife journaling I I find that so <laughs> so remarkable and beautiful that she was able to integrate that and of course if you're not ready to read it now I think it's important so it's, it's a milestone and it just shows the type of, of strength and relationship you guys had during that time. Um, so I'm hoping that people will also find the, find journaling maybe essential to them, or maybe actually, I don't think we even thought about the caregiver being beneficial to the caregiver, the loved one, or um, children that are involved also in the journey of, of those who are struggling with uh, with cancer. Um, you someone, Laura, who actually, um, I remember in my first days of, of being at some of the Hope and Cope general meetings, one of the uh, women wrote a book. So if it's ever of interest, you can ask Marcel, she may have the lady's name. She wrote a book on her journey, which was very interesting. And it's stuff, it's stuff like that that can help others, you know. And, and as far as getting people to, to come, you know, your, your, your usual problematics are gonna be what time, not everybody has access. People are working. People are not working. We have to find ways of, of adapting to the majority. And that's what I try and do with Marcel for the, for the men's club is, you know, when is it good for everybody? You're not going to please everybody, but you have to offer what's out there. And, and I think the services that Hope and Cope have are absolutely wonderful, but they have to, they have to transmit that. Like there was, there may be something that should be given to the patients when they leave a phone number, uh, a booklet, something, not to necessarily read that day or the next day, but after they're starting to feel better, they can have access to it. Not everybody's quick with a computer. So I think any kind of information that, that outpatients can have will be greatly appreciated by them. And, and that brings us to, uh, to my, my next thing for our project as well. We're gonna be creating a pamphlet um, so anything that we touch base for those who can can be there in person or online or whether they can't be there, we're hoping that this pamphlet with all the information that we've gathered uh, from research that we've done and from the experiences with our workshops that will be beneficial for them from home. So something to just go back on because sometimes if you're not feeling well that day or the weeks to come, maybe you'll find you finally relevant to read it and hopefully integrate it into, into your life. Um, and I just wanted to ask you as well, is there any other advice that you would give to your the listeners? I know you gave a, a lot of good, good points and advice. Was there anything that you find that we didn't touch base on that you wanted to share? You know what? Um, I think we covered a lot of ground. Um, I, I'm, I'm a really firm believer in, in the hope and cope um, mentality what it's out there to do, the people it helps. And sometimes I think, and Hinda does this quite a bit, is we need to reach out to people as well. We need to try and um, and uh, get them to know what Hope and Cope is about and that that service is available. So the, the, the reaching out to people, no matter how we try, whether it's through pamphlets, whether it's through a podcast, whether it's through calling, 
you know, you, you might not be successful the first time around, but if we can get people to come, and I've seen it myself, or I've witnessed it in the men's club, we get some people, some new members that come, some don't come back, and that's fine, but the ones that come back help the rest of the members, and we we grow within us, and we share, and and and, and people need to know that what, what happens there stays there. It's a, and you don't have to talk. There's all these little things that I think people might be scared, not scared, but um, questioning. You know, oh, it's going to be a bunch of people and everybody's going to stare at me when I walk in. And it's like, no, it's not that. You got, it's a, it's a very friendly, it's a very um, warm and fuzzy feeling to walk into the hope and cope. You get greeted right away at the door and it's, it's nice. Once we can get them in the door, then it's, Hope and Cope's job and the volunteers to make sure that they come back. And I think with your help, with what you're doing with the pamphlets and reaching out to them, it's more, it creates conversation. The more we can create conversation, the better it is for everybody, in my opinion. And that brings back for the, for the men's club. We were not even aware as students. I mean, we, so we have some students that actually work at the Jewish general. I've been part of the oncology clinic as well. I never heard about the men's club till Marcel brought it up. So if, is there anything that you can, I know you touched base on the men's club, but is there anything that you can um, tell us more about the men's club? Like, is this a new a new initiative that Hope and Cope took based on the needs of the participants or? I, I wasn't there from the beginning, so I don't want to mislead anybody and, and just say something I'm not really familiar with. When, when I, they, they've been around for a long time. Um, kind of ironic, it's called a men's club and, 2023 there are actually no women Marcel comes in for a little bit and then out the door she goes and um, we I would say we 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 do our best to keep the subject on cancer and cancer related how we feeling uh, you know and some of the subject that we talk about are stress and we've had chaps come in to uh, to help us we've had uh, people come in to do a presentation on, on dealing with different different subject matters. But what we try and not do is we try and stay away from politics. We try and stay away from, you know, sports and politics are two different things. We, we you know, if the Canadians won and everybody's happy, then we'll talk about it. But I'd say we try and focus, there's two of us, there's there's uh, myself and Michael, and, and we try and keep the focus. That's our job per se, is to try and keep the focus on cancer. We're not, we're not there to judge um, um, uh, medical advice. We can share, but we're not there to say, oh, you, you should try uh, this medicine instead of that medicine. There's nothing like that. It's, it's, it's a safe, warm place to go where if you want to talk, you can talk. If you don't want to talk, nobody's going to pressure you. We have a new members come in. We just want to hear about your story. Sometimes that can last 10, 15 minutes and, and people feel, people feel good about telling their story. People need to be vocal and um so the men club is open you can usually uh, marcel will send out invitation and if i'm not mistaken it's on the um calendar of events that's sent out um it could also be on the website i'm not sure i don't visit the website and then i try you know myself and and, and other uh, uh mentors try and call some people and try and you know sway them that way to come and join us and 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 get to meet them it's been very successful. You know, I'd rather have less people uh, in the men's club that are interested than more people that are just stargazing. So 
it's for me it's been very successful i think we're looking at some some other alternatives too to make you know some people like to be more specific maybe as someone who has prostate cancer who lived through prostate wants to talk with people like that maybe doesn't want to talk to someone who's had uh, throat cancer we both may have had the same treatments but different areas different circumstances so but overall laura it's a fantastic experience well, thank you so much for sharing that. I'm hoping that we can also reach more members uh, for the men's club as well and also shed some light on, on the services that Open Cope, that's it's much more, there's much more services that they do offer. Um, I thank you very much for your time. That was all the questions that we, we had come up with uh, for this first series of podcasts. Uh, was there anything else that you wanted to, to add or do you think it, it touched base on on what you felt was I, I I came into this podcast a little uh, open and, and unprepared because uh, it's very easy to talk about the cancer and 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 to talk about journeys and whatever it takes and and I think I think we just need to put it out there that 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 this is and you 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 mentioned a very good point that I, that I don't think that we discussed at all today is the other activities. Like there's so many other activities and and I and correct me if I'm wrong Tai Chi, um, there's uh, um, massages, there's cooking classes, there's I think there's exercise classes. There's just so much available there that the 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 cancer the cancer people need to know about all this. They need to be reached. Not everybody's just going to decide and get up one morning and check the Hoping Cope website and see that all this is available. So. I, I, I really applaud what you're doing as far as the pamphlet goes or any other source that you can do to reach out to the people. Very important. You, we need to be mentally strong, mentally and physically strong. Great job. Thank you very much. And I really do appreciate all the wonderful points that you've made, the fact that you were able to come on here and share your story, um, bring up the personal things, the struggles, and also the things that you've learned about yourself throughout this journey. We really do appreciate it and we really we we know that people will be listening and will be appreciative as well. Um, thank you so so much, Paul, from all of us that are are involved in this project. So it's myself, Jessica, Sarah, Lorian, and Bogdan. Uh, so you might see us at Hope and Cope. You'll you'll stay tuned for the series part two. So we have a few other volunteers that we're gonna be uh, interviewing as well. So thank you very much. Perfect. Thank you so much. Thank Enjoy. Thank you.